0: Welcome to the Gospel Boldly podcast, where we confess with St. John that these things are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We're your hosts. I'm Thomas Limke.
1: And I am Pastor Eric Brown, and we're coming to you tonight ready to continue and come uh, approach the end of our, our movement through the book of Judges, which has been wild and woolly, and it's probably going to be even more wild and woolly as we go on tonight. So... uh <laughs> if i can do an incredibly old movie reference buckle your safety belt it's going to be a bumpy ride definitely all right so uh but before we dive back into the judges anything up in the world thomas that you'd like to uh announce or share or bring up with anything before we we go on
0: hmm i heard something about bob stoops you probably know more about the ni- that than That's i do the- and probably our now, listeners now- don't even care <laughs>
1: This is a very sad day for me. Bob Stoops, the head coach of the university of Oklahoma, whom I worked under. Cause I was employee of the athletic department while I was there at school has retired. Very sad, shocking day for me, but his health is okay. He's basically just trying to make sure the guy who wants to take over for him gets to take over. So it's all good. We thank God for first article gifts like Bob Stoops and Oklahoma football. And we carry on with life. And the few listeners we have in Texas just fell over dead. And now our, our listenership is going to go down. Um, but no, that was the big thing. I'm going to give a heads up. We are doing VBS at my church this week. So I may be in kind of the occasional la-la land just because it, VBS is always a, a a fun and interesting week. I'll put it that way. So, So if I go off the rails a little bit more than usual, I apologize. And maybe when I'm awake later, I might care. But right now, let's go on. So, all right. We are going to be in Judges chapter 19, starting up again at verse 16, but to to refresh where we're at, there's a certain Levite who has his concubine, and a concubine is sort of a, a halfway legally wife, just not quite a full legal wife, but still legal and all that stuff, and, and he is leaving the home. She'd been unfaithful. He comes back to rescue her. He's a good, good guy by all accounts, and they're traveling. And they have the option of staying in Jerusalem, but this time Jerusalem is not a Jewish city. David has not conquered yet. And they're like, no, 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 we need to press on to where there are good Jewish people, where we'll all be kept safe. Ha, 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 ha. All right, did you like my sinister laugh of foreshadowing? Very much so. All right, so shall we dive on in? They get to the town of Gibeah. All right, so verse 16.
0: And behold, an old man was coming from his work in the field at evening. The man was from the hill country of Ephraim, and he was sojourning in Gibeah. The men of the place were Benjaminites, and he lifted up his eyes and saw the traveler in the open square of the city. And the old man said, Where are you going, and where do you come from? And he said to him, We are passing from Bethlehem in Judah to the remote parts of the hill country of Ephraim, from which I come. I went to Bethlehem in Judah, and am going to the house of the Lord." But no one has taken me into his house.
1: All right. So again, the common thing you do is if you were a traveler, you'd go to the town square and and wait for someone to demonstrate the great and high virtue of hospitality. Uh, Did we talk much about hospitality last time? I can't remember. Okay. One thing that is very important to understand about ancient cultures was that hospitality was considered one of the highest virtues, that you were to do good to the strangers, that if someone came into town and was in need, you took care of them. Uh, this is before the days of Days Inn and Holiday Inn and Motel 6. If you were a traveler, generally you, you ended up staying at people's houses. Uh, Inns were for the very, very big cities. But if you're just going through a town like Gibeah, you'd show up, and someone would most likely take you in. So the guy's saying, "I'm on my way. I'm going to go back up to Ephraim. I want to go to Shiloh, to the house of the Lord, where the tabernacle is, and worship." Because I mean, hey, my 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 concubine and I had a falling out, and and she's been restored to me. This is something worthy of worship. We should go and thank the Lord. All right, yeah, this is a good thing. I need a place to stay. I'm outdoors. All right. So that's the setup. Let's carry on.
0: We have straw and feed for our donkeys with bread and wine for me and your female servants and the young man with your servants. There is no lack of anything. And the old man said, peace be to you. I will care for all your wants. Only do not spend the night in the square. So he brought him into his house and gave the donkeys feed and they washed their feet and ate and drank.
1: So the guy's like, all right, I'll, I'll let you on in. Now, it's kind of sad that they'd say, oh, yeah, we've got enough food. That, that, that would be something that you'd expect to be offered by hospitality. But, right. but did you note something? The old man who invited him in, him in was he from the town of Gibeah?
0: No, he was a traveler as well, I think.
1: He he was sojourning. Now, to yeah. sojourn means you're kind of staying there for a time. You're 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 temporarily doing stuff. You're you're not necessarily settled for permanent, but you're there for for an extended temporary sort of time. So he has his own place, he has his own stuff going on, but he's not a local. He's not he's not from there. He he's mm-hmm. from Ephraim, like the, the Levite is. All right, okay, fine. So it wasn't one of the locals that took him in. It was sort of a, a new guy in town who took the, uh, the traveler in, all right? Right. Now, now what does that say about the town when, when the good old solid folks of the town don't want to do anything and they just kind of let it be and let the, the new guy, the traveler, the sojourner who probably isn't as well established take on the burden of taking care of folks?
0: doesn't really speak well to your municipality, does it?
1: In, in fact, if you want to think about in terms of a, a social stratus or hierarchy or class, you were supposed to take care of the sojourner in your midst and also the stranger in your midst. Because if you were there and it sure land, you should be at the most comfortable. Mm-hmm. So so the folks who are really comfortable aren't doing their thing. So the guy who's on the second tier says, okay, I'll take care of you. So. It's not. It's not looking good for the town, and it's going to get worse. All right. Oh boy. So let's carry on. Okay. Let's see. Mm.
0: And the old man said, "Peace be to you. I will care for all your wants. Only do not spend the night in the square." So he brought him into his house and gave the donkey's feed. Did I already read this? You already read that. But, but all right. All right. I'm distracted by all these blinking things. <laughs> As they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, worthless fellows, surrounded the house, beating on the door. And they said to the old man, the master of the house, Bring out the man who came into your house, that we may know him. And the man, the master of the house, went out to them and said to them, No, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Since this man has come into my house, do not do this vile thing.
1: Hold on. What, What do they mean by know him? Is this, oh, who's the stranger? We'd like we'd like to introduce ourselves. Hello, how are you? How are you doing? What, no, <laughs> what 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 are they actually implying there, Thomas? For those who are not familiar with the biblical euphemism, what does this mean? Well, and, and you know there is that phrase. It's
0: it's knowing in the biblical sense, which is uh sex,
1: frankly. It's it's just intimate, intimate knowledge. So basically, a gang of guys comes on up. Surrounds the house, starts beating on the door, and says, bring out the stranger because we want to rape the tar out of him. Now. <laughs> I should not laugh, but yes. Why would you do this, Thomas? Well, not, not you. I, I, but why would people do this? What, what's going on here? I mean, I have no I'm going to bring this up because a lot of times people will try to tie this into ancient examples of homosexuality. No, no. This is not about romance or love. This is dominance. This is is, we're in charge. Hey, look, here's this guy who cares nothing. He's not from around here. He's not getting anything. We're going to just go. Be jerked, demonstrator. This is like what you'd get almost in prison. I mean, this is yeah. so. So there, there, there's nothing even slightly romantic or anything about that in the slightest. This is all dominance and power play, and it, it, it's vile. Now, now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say right now. Just, I, I did cut you off in the middle of it, but, but does this remind you of any other part of the book of Bi- of the any any other part of the Bible there, Thomas?
0: Yeah, I mean, the parallels with the account of Lot in Sodom is, they're, they're
1: striking. This is, this is Sodom and Gomorrah type stuff where, where the angels are visiting Lot and, and he brings them in and, and the town comes out and says, all right, hey, bring out the, the two visitors so that we may know them. Ha ha ha! All right. And the guy comes out, the old man comes out and says, no, 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 don't do this. Don't do this. And then what does he just say? Carry on. 24.
0: All right, behold, here are my virgin daughter and his concubine. Let me bring them out now. Violate them and do with them what seems good to you. But against this man, do not do this outrageous thing. But the men would not listen to him. So the man seized his concubine and made her go out to them. And they threw her, uh, sorry, and they knew her and abused her all night until the morning. And as the dawn began to break, they let her go. And as morning appeared, the woman came and fell down at the door of the man's house where her master was until it was light. All
1: right, so let's pause. Okay. Similarity with with Sam Gamor is lots. of lot does the whole uh, no take my daughters and, and there's the pious debate is okay maybe maybe this is just meant to wake them up and show how shocking their their behavior is. You get that debate. Some people like to defend lot. In this case, the the guy says, uh. Take the women, folk, not us. Now, Thomas is a good, red-blooded American male. What's your attitude in response to that 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 idea? Well, I mean, I would think of like something
0: like the Titanic, where it's women and children first.
1: Yeah, th- this this is this is this is not ideal behavior. Suddenly, the 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 nice, kindly sojourner who gave the people a place to stay, he falls down. The, yeah. This is not this is not the this is not the ideal response. But then it gets even worse. Because whereas in Psalm Gamora, the two angels said, don't worry, we'll take care of this. And they blinded the folks and y'all get on out. Here, you don't have the angels to put a stop to it. So what does the Levite do? In order to throw the angry mob off, he tosses his concubine, his wife, out and shuts the door and says, okay, maybe they'll pay attention to her and leave us alone. Mm -hmm. And they do. And they basically rape her to death to where mm. she can crawl back to the door and fall down and die. Mm. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yes, this is yeah. not one of the normal ones that we, but I mean, do, do you see how this is just, this is horrific. This mm-hmm. is, think of the bad neighborhoods we have in the United States and they aren't generally this bad. I mean, you, you don't have, gang rapes out in public on on the public square. It, it, this is messed up. All right.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Ah. All right. Okay.
0: Here we go. Let's carry on. And her master rose up in the morning, and when he opened the doors of the house and went out to go on his way, behold, there was his concubine lying at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. He said to her, get up, let us be going. But there was no answer. Then he put her on the donkey and the man rose up and went away to his home. And when he entered his house, he took a knife and taking hold of his concubine, he divided her limb by limb into 12 pieces and sent her throughout all the territory of Israel. And all who saw it said, such a thing has never happened or been seen from the day that the people of Israel came out of the land of Egypt until this day. Consider it, take counsel and speak.
1: Now, what's going on here? What's a Levite's job? He assists the priest with sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So he's just, he is cold and callous. And come on, we got to go. Let's get out of here. Oh, she's dead. Well, you know what I'm going to do? There should be vengeance for this. So what do you do? If you need people to, to get vengeance, you let them know what's going on. But how does he do so? He Cuts up the body and do. Do you see why this is generally not a normal Sunday school lesson? Yeah, I. I think oh, this. This. this is probably not going to show up in any VBS in my lifetime. I'm. I'm just hazarding. This is horrific, and 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 this is just showing how far and lawless and wicked and full of just wretchedness that the conditions had gotten when people ignore the Lord and what He commands. Things go sideways fast. Mm-hmm. And speaking of going fast, the segment has gone fast and we're time for our break. So we will break now and come back after the break to the Backwards Life. <music> and we are back on the Gospel Bowly podcast. You know, it's kind of hard to be super energetic and like, oh yeah, no, <laughs> like we're, we're dealing with some... A heavy topic tonight, man. But but we're here, and we are to the part of the show that we call the backwards life, where where Thomas brings up some topic or idea that is often common in pop Christianity, and we look at it in a backwards fashion. So we'll see if Thomas keeps us down, or if he does something good. You know, I'm putting pressure on Thomas. All right. Love it. So so what is our our topic for the for the day, O oh, Thomas? Okay. You'll hear folks say often in in the
0: Uh, more strictly evangelical circles, if I can say it that way, Uh, at least American evangelical, if you understand, if the reader, listener understands that, yeah, I'm uh, qualifying too much. Here's the statement, let go and let God. And it's often given in the spirit, it seems to me, of, well, you should just stop striving and let the Lord take over the reins of organizing or doing or or what have you. And I'd love to get your take on maybe the validity, the veracity of that statement, and maybe how you would approach it from a backwards way.
1: Well, I I could see sometimes where that phrase could be used in a positive way. Like if someone is, is being overly controlling and, and wants to micromanage because they're afraid of what will happen if they don't have control. I can see that. I could also see where it could be used haphazardly, where it's just, oh, well, I'm not going to worry. I'm just letting God take in charge. Well, well, no, is it something that you've been given to do? I think the positive, the positive idea, the the real benefit of what you want to get out of the statement could be done better with a simple phrase that we all know. Thomas? What is the third petition of the Lord's Prayer? <laughs> Thy will be done. Now, the positive, the the good idea of of let go and let God is again. We are ought to let God be God. There there are things where where He accomplishes His will. That sin is often about trying to be a control freak. Almost all sin is, deals with with ideas of control. In fact, I'm, I'm going to tie it. What do the strangers and what do the, the men of Gibeah want to do? They want to demonstrate very tacit control. It, it's not good. Likewise, we like to control things. We like to dominate. We like to manipulate other people. And some things we're not given to manipulate. Some things we're not given to control. And so I think more than just saying let go and let God, because that, that can be just all too offhanded, we pray thy will be done. We go and we make actions. We we make decisions. We look at what we're given to do, and we do as best we can. But we do everything acknowledging that God's will will be done. And sometimes that means He will work through me to accomplish good and great things. So it's not that I let go and then God does it. It's that God does it through me. And then there are times where He will go and do something completely different than what I was wanting or expecting, and even work against my plans when He breaks and hinders my evil plans. Either way, I, I ought to strive to do what, what seems to be right according to what God has said. And if it's a matter of freedom, I choose what I want to do. If if God says option A or B are both equally fine, well, you go choose the one that you want to do and you go do it. But you act knowing and trusting that God's will will be done, that his good and gracious will will be done. So so if if let go and let God is used as a, a don't be a control freak. Okay. But, but rather than saying, Oh, well only when you stop will God's will be done. No, no, no. God's will will be done. The better thing to focus is focus on would be the fact that God's will, will be done with or without you. <laughs> the will of God is done with or without our prayer, but we pray this petition that we'd be done among us also. So does that, I, I think that little nuance is a little bit better.
0: Kind of very Jamesian. It seems to me.
1: If the Lord wills, we'll, we'll go by and sell. So there, there's that, that humility. Let go and let God is very rhetorically nice in English. It, it has that nice little pattern, rhythm, and, and alliteration. But I don't have to let God do anything. It, it's not as though God is up in, in heaven saying, you know... I was gonna bless Thomas, but he just won't let go enough and he won't get out of my way and let me help him. Oh, Thomas, i so wanted to help you. Why, why must you? No, he's God. It's not as though, it's not as though I'm getting a, a preventing God from doing his goodwill. What I need to remember is that I need to receive from God the good things he gives me and live out the tasks he has given me, which are good things that he has given me, and be focused upon receiving his good gifts rather than I'm going to micromanage everything. No, faith receives. We receive good things. So does that kind of work? (laughs) Maybe if I could recoin the phrase, let go and stop thinking you're controlling God. But that, again, that's not as cool rhetorically. It doesn't have that same catchy thing. So I'll just stick with that. I will be done. And all right. And so I guess we should probably again then just dive on. Okay, Thomas, I, I have a confession. While while, while we're, we're in our break, I, I, I was talking to one of our listeners. She's like, oh, yeah, my my nine-year-old loves listening to your show. And they go to listen to the seven-year-old like, oh, great. Let's go get to chapter 20 where they've cut up the dead gal who was And All right, let's carry on. <sighs> well, listen with your kids and help explain to them the nastiness of life, folks. There you go. Oh, wait. Okay, I can put. It. This is why we have a strong military. All right, and this is why why mom and dad sometimes join the military and fight to make sure that stupid, wicked, evil stuff like this doesn't happen. Your army is a first or article gift, as is your police force. Be thankful for your, the country you live in. All right, there we go. There's my happy caveat. All right. But but as often was said in Judges, in, the, in those days, there was no king in Israel. It's all messed up. So, so let's carry on with chapter 20 and see the mess up.
0: Ugh. Here we go. So then all the people of Israel came out from Dan to Beersheba, including the land of Gilead, and the congregation assembled as one man to the Lord at Mitzpah. And the chiefs of all the people of all the tribes of Israel presented themselves in the assembly of the people of God. 400,000 men on foot that drew the sword. Now the people of Benjamin heard that the people of Israel had gone up to Mizpah. And the people of Israel said, Tell us, how did this evil happen? And the Levite, the husband of the woman who was murdered, answered and said, I came to Gibeah that belongs to Benjamin, I and my concubine, to spend the night. And the leaders of Gibeah rose against me and surrounded the house against me by night. uh, They meant to kill me, and they violated my concubine, and she is dead. So I took hold of my concubine and cut her in pieces and sent her throughout all the country of the inheritance of Israel. For they have committed abomination and outrage in Israel. Behold, you people of Israel, all of you, give your advice and counsel here.
1: Now, now, let's pause there. And, and Thomas, can I ask you a question? Sure. So basically the guy summons all of Israel. I mean, this is, this is going to pique everyone's interest. And they're there and, and you got 400,000 people ready for war. A, a good-sized army, right? Right. Um, so, uh, Thomas, what did you make of how the guy told the story? What What do you note about his retelling? What he he emphasizes
0: that they, they meant to kill him. When I don't oh, yeah. necessarily see that that was their explicit intent.
1: It, it was life or death, man. They were going to kill me, but they <laughs> got her instead. Do you note how he kind of? He, he probably didn't need to make what they did any more horrific. I mean, but yeah, but he, yeah. he does sugarcoat his own star- story. He doesn't say, yeah, I was scared and I kicked her out and said, take her, not me, basically. Uh, it, it, there was no panic. Uh, and, no, 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 they meant to kill me, but they got my concubine instead. Uh, yeah, so he he's, I'm not going to say that that's one way you could spin it yeah e- e- even 3500 3300 3200 however many years 100 years ago people are still doing spin right mhm mm-hmm. all right so but there's this tale, and, and okay it's maybe spun a little bit to make him a little bit better but still the the facts are they they did lots of horrible stuff so yeah let's carry on with the next bit
0: okay Let's see, and all the people arose as one man saying, none of us will go to his tents and none of us will return to his house. But now this is what we will do in Gibeah, to Gibeah. We will go up against it by lot and we will take 10 men of a hundred throughout all the tribes of Israel and a hundred of a thousand and a thousand of 10,000 to bring provisions for the people uh, that when they come, they may repay Gibeah of Benjamin for all the outrage that they have committed in Israel. So all the men of Israel gathered against the city, united as one man. And <clears throat> keep going.
1: All right. So what you have here is basically they're like, okay, yeah, we're gonna do vengeance. We're not gonna take all four hundred thousand of us because that would just be overkill. But we're gonna we're gonna draw by lot and figure out which of, who of us are gonna go on up, and we'll go take care of Gibeah. All right. we'll, we'll go put the bedjamites in their place. So basically. War's gonna come up. It's gonna be Israelite versus Israelite. Things are going south. This is civil war.
0: All right. right?
1: Again, there's no order. There's no structure. There's no there's no one to impose justice. So everyone's just trying to take justice into their hand. Do you know who is not here? Uh is there a judge here? Sure doesn't seem to be, no. No, and so, I mean, this is just an example of, of chaos in the absence of a judge, all right? Right. So, so let, let's carry on, or do you have any thoughts or questions?
0: No, no, my, I have some coming up, but not... All right,
1: not okay, here. well, let's carry on.
0: Okay. And the tribes of Israel sent men throughout, or through all the tribe of Benjamin, saying, What evil is this that has taken place among you? Now therefore give up the men, the worthless fellows in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and purge evil from Israel." But the Benjaminites would not listen to the voice of their brothers, the people of Israel. Then the people of Benjamin came together out of the cities to Gibeah to go out to battle against the people of Israel. And the people of Benjamin mustered out, their, uh, mustered out of their cities on that day 26,000 men who drew the sword, besides the inhabitants of Gibeah, who mustered 700 chosen men. Among all these were 700 chosen men who were left-handed. Everyone could, use a, uh, everyone could sling a stone at a hare and not miss. And the men of Israel, apart from Benjamin, mustered 400,000 men who drew the sword. All of these were men of war.
1: All right. So Benjamin is the smallest of the tribes. Mm-hmm. And they say, no, we're not going to give anyone up. We're going to muster. And, and they, they've got up their plan for their defense to rest on two things. One, they have a bunch of left-handed fighters, 700. Now, Thomas... As we all know from the Old Testament that everyone who is left-handed is evil and cursed by God. Correct. <laughs> I, mean, I don't uh, why, think that are, comes
0: up per se. Why are you smirking, Thomas? Well, as you well know, I
1: am left-handed. <laughs> all right. Well, in the ancient world, the left-handed folks were often seen as just weird, odd, duplicitous. And it was one of the things where – if you were left-handed, you had an advantage in fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, this sort of comes up in an odd way in baseball. Thomas, uh, I'm not sure how much baseball you follow, but... But one of the things that is prized in baseball is a left-handed pitcher. Right. Why? Most pitchers are right-handed. So you're used to seeing the ball coming from that that slot where the right-handed guy throws. Well, if you have a left-handed pitcher, everything comes from a different angle, from a different place. Yeah. It just works differently. So it can be harder to, to hit, harder to deal with. Uh, that's with baseball and hitting a round ball with a round bat. It's a hard thing. But it's another thing if it's a sword that's coming at you from a different angle and a different direction. Mm-hmm. If I swing and miss the baseball, oh well, I got a strike. I've got two more. Uh, if I don't successfully defend the sword attack that's coming in, what happens? Impalement. <laughs> I have gone stabbity, stabbity, and I I'm dead. So basically, the 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 700 left handed swordsmen would kind of be a a, a fearsome thing. Mm-hmm. So, and and if any of you are a Princess Bride fan, you have the. Uh, I, I'm not left-handed. I'm right-handed. Oh, oh I too am not left-handed. Oh, okay. so that, <laughs> that that has nothing to do with the text, but I, I just like the Princess Bride and it's happy. So we it's can bring scene. that up. And then the other thing is they do have a lot of slingers who are very accurate. And again, slingers are very useful. They can attack at a distance. That, that's a very, if you want the famous story with how useful slingers can be, we go ahead to the book of 1 Samuel and we get David and Goliath who takes right. up Goliath with what? A sling. a sling so yeah. so again they've got ranged weaponry and special forces who can do hand-to-hand combat and mess people up so do you say how oh, you could set this up you could you could basically set an attack where you can keep a large part of people at bay from distance with your slingers and let your hand-to-hand come up on a narrow front and defeat them hand-to-hand so so they're they're the benjamites are being cunning about how they can do a good defense all right Fair enough. That was more military history than you were expecting, wasn't it? It it was a little bit.
0: Now, I have a, speaking of things coming at you from another direction, maybe a left-handed question for you, which is, why would there be so many left-handed men among the tribe of the son of my right hand?
1: Because there's irony and stuff. (laughs) uh, okay. I, I think we're about time for break. I will ponder that question over break because that really did come out of, out of left field. And, <laughs> and, and we'll, we'll see if I can think of something between now and the break. All right. Let, let's go to break. So be it. And we're back on the Gospel Boldly podcast where, Thomas, I got nothing for your left-handed question. I have no idea other than maybe it's a weird quirk. Maybe the name should have been just Son of Sorrow, ben Benoni of My Sorrow. But no, I have no idea why there are so many left-handed Benjamites. They're small. They're odd. He's the youngest son. They're just like all left-handed people—weird. <laughs> Does that suffice for you? Is that is that good? Yeah, that's acceptable. All right. Okay. So anyway, we've got we've got Benjamin, the smallest tribe, coming out to defend a bunch of worthless villains, fighting against. All of Israel at the same time. All right, Mm -hmm. so let's carry on.
0: Okay. Let's see here. The people of Israel arose and went up to Bethel and inquired of God, who shall go up first for us to fight against the people of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up first. Then the people of Israel rose in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. The men of Israel went out to fight against Benjamin, and the men of Israel drew up the battle line against them at Gibeah. The people of Benjamin came out of Gibeah and destroyed on that day 22,000 men of the Israelites. But the people, the men of Israel, took courage and again formed the battle line in the same place where they had formed it on the first day. And the people of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until the evening. And they inquired of the Lord, Shall we again draw near to fight against our brothers, the people of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Go up against them.
1: All right, so it's the first day. Shall we go up and fight them? And sure, send send Judah. That, that's, and it's bloody. And and the Benjamites take out a bunch of, of the folks from Judah. Now, does this remind you of anything, or, or does this come up for us? Uh, going forward in history a bit, are there any famous people from the tribe of Benjamin and any famous people from the tribe of Judah that end up having some disagreements? Hmm. Hey, Thomas, well, I mean- what— tribe
0: is Saul from. That's where I was yeah thinking so Saul was Benjaminite. Hey, what guy. tribe
1: is David from? Uh Judah. Right. So yeah. Although interestingly enough, when everything falls apart, yep. what are the two
0: tribes that stay with the house of David? Uh Judah and sorry, Judah is the house yeah. of David. Well, yeah. I, I technically Ju- so yeah, Judah, Judah and, and Benjamin.
1: And- and Benjamin. Yeah. So so basically the two that are have a long history of out end up being the two that stick together with the house of David. So but well, so you it, do it, have
0: I mean on the converse side, you do have Judah sticking up for in the in the first party sense, uh sticking up for Benjamin with Joseph. So right. I mean there's there's that too.
1: There there's long history. Very All much. Right. so but but Judah goes up and they get stomped. I mean, it, it's, we go forward and, oh yeah, the Benjamites were waiting for us. So we line up again. All right, this is kind of bad. Do we go again, God? And God says, go ahead and go again. Mm-hmm. So carry on.
0: So the people of Israel came near against the people of Benjamin the second day. And Benjamin went against them. Uh, We already did this, didn't we? No, no, no. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. So much redundancy. Uh. Uh, And Benjamin went against them out of Gibeah the second day and destroyed 18,000 men of the people of Israel. All these were men who drew the sword. Then all the people of Israel, the whole army, went up and came to Bethel and wept. They sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening and offered offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And the people of Israel inquired of the Lord, for the ark of the covenant of God was there in those days." And Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, ministered before it those, in those days, saying, "Shall we go out once more to battle against our brothers, the people of Benjamin, or shall we cease?" And the Lord said, "Go up, for tomorrow I will give them into your hand."
1: All right. So think about it. already a tenth of the the warriors of Israel had been wiped out. They had a, they had four hundred thousand men, twenty-two thousand plus eighteen thousand is. 40,000, a tenth have been wiped out. If you get decimated, if you lose a tenth of your strength, you get a little nervous, especially when they're smaller than you and you should just roll up on them. So finally, all right, on the third day, go on out. Ah, ah, All right. Okay. Carry on.
0: Okay. So Israel sent uh, set men in ambush around Gibeah and the people of Israel went up against the people of Benjamin on the third day and set themselves in array against Gibeah as at other times. And the people of Benjamin went out against the people and were drawn away from the city. And as at other times, they began to strike and kill some of the people in the highways, one of which goes up to Bethel and the other to Gibeah, and in the open country about thirty men of Israel. And the people of Benjamin said, They are routed before us, as at the first. And the people of Israel said, Let us flee and draw them away from the city to the highways. And all the men of Israel rose up out of their place and set themselves in array at Baal Tamar. And the uh, men of Israel, who were in ambush, uh, rushed out of their place from Meragibah, geba And there came against Gibeah ten thousand chosen men out of all Israel. And the battle was hard, but the Benjaminites did not know that disaster was close upon them. And the Lord defeated Benjamin before Israel, and the people of Israel destroyed twenty-five thousand one hundred men of Benjamin that day. All these were men who drew the sword. So the people of Benjamin saw that they were defeated."
1: A minute. Or, oh, go ahead. We'll, we'll pause there. I know. So, so basically, fi- Hey, hey, boy. On the third day, the Lord gives victory. Ah, wow. Hey, that that make you think of anything, Thomas? Nope. All right. <laughs> and and it, it's a surprising ambush where where the evil ones, the worthless fellows, were sure that they had the victory, and then on the third day, things get turned around in a surprise ambush that that's gonna come up again in the New Testament around the end of each gospel just just as a it, it, yeah, yeah. okay all right now, turn the page when the bell toes no, <laughs> you, you do get some more interesting military tactics the frontal assaults are not working so all right we're gonna come on up and and we're gonna then retreat and when they come out chasing after us, people will come sweeping down from ambush and flank them. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't hit them straight on, because the Benjamites have their really good tactics, because they've got their their elite infantry and their their distance people keeping everything in order, you stretch them out when they're pursuing and then you hit them from the side. Good tactics. Good job. I the the, the Marine Corps family heritage that I have is happy with this. So, <laughs> uh, carry on with the next. Uh, section if you will. Okay.
0: The men of Israel gave ground to Benjamin because they trusted the men in ambush whom they had set against Gibeah. And the men in ambush hurried and rushed against Gibeah. The men in ambush moved out and struck all the city with the edge of the sword. Now the appointed signal between the men of Israel and the men in the main ambush was that uh, when they made a great cloud of smoke rise up out of the city, the men of Israel should turn in battle. Now Benjamin had begun to strike and kill about 30 men of Israel. They said, Surely they are defeated before us, as in the first battle. But when the signal began to rise out of the city in a column of smoke, the Benjaminites looked behind them, and behold, the whole of the city went up in smoke to heaven. Then the men of Israel turned, and the men of Benjamin were dismayed, for they saw that disaster was close upon them. Therefore they turned their backs before the men of Israel in the direction of the wilderness. But the battle overtook them, and those who came out of the cities were destroying them in their midst. Surrounding the Benjaminites, they pursued them and trod them down from Nohaha, as far as opposite Gibeah to the east. Uh, 18,000 men of Benjamin fell, all of them men of valor, and they turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Ramon. 5,000 men of them were cut down in the highways, and they were pursued hard to get them, and 2,000 men of them were struck down. So all who fell that day of Benjamin were twenty-five thousand men who drew the sword, all of them men of valor. But six hundred men turned and fled toward the wilderness, to the rock of Ramon, and remained at the rock of Ramon four months. Uh, And the men of Israel turned back against the people of Benjamin, and struck them with the edge of the sword, the city, men and beasts, and all that they found. And all the towns that they found they set on fire.
1: Now, now, know what happens. So finally, Israel gets the victory over Benjamin. They pull the thing in, and we get the retelling of how the exact uh, ambush comes out. You get eighteen thousand the first way, then five, and to where basically there are only eight six hundred people left of the Benjaminite army. Not, not even the core of the seven hundred lefties survive. But then. Israel stops pursuing them. I mean, this is one where they're not taking any quarter. Mm-hmm. But when they've chased those ones off into the mountain where it might be hard to pursue them, they leave them hemmed up in the mountains, and they go back, and they wipe out all the cities of be- – oh, Wait, Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. If they start wiping out all the cities of Benjamin, is there really going to be much of a tribe of Benjamin left? No, I mean, you're not even going to have, like, oxen of Benjamin or anything anymore. It's just – so so suddenly th- this is going overboard. This is this is beyond the pale. This this is not punishment fitting the crime. This is this is suddenly become a a wild fest of blood and violence. Excessive force. <laughs> hey, what 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 caused this whole thing in the first place? Wild vi- there's no order even even when they do try to follow the word of the lord they go overboard so i mean this do you say this is just this is this is bloody and horrific mm-hmm. right okay so let, let's carry on we're we're to the final chapter okay chapter 21
0: all right all right let's go now the men of israel had sworn at Mitzbah, no one of us shall give his daughter in marriage to benjamin and the people came to bethel And sat there till evening before God, and they lifted up their voices and wept bitterly. And they said, O Lord, the God of Israel, why has this happened in Israel, that today there should be be a tribe lacking in Israel? And the next day the people rose early and built there an altar and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the people of Israel said, Which of all the tribes of Israel did not come up in the assembly to the Lord? For they had taken a great oath concerning him who did not come up to the Lord, to Mitzbah, saying, he shall surely be put to death. And the people of Israel had compassion for Benjamin, their brother, and said, one tribe is cut off from Israel this day. What shall we do for wives for those who are left, since we have sworn by the Lord that we will not give them any of our daughters for wives?
1: So basically, finally, when things simmer down, they realize, oh, we have gone way too far. And so they say, okay, okay. Yeah, we, we overreacted. Basically, there was one town that did really bad stuff to one family. And because of that, the 11 tribes just lost a tenth of their fighting strength. And we lost 40,000 people. And then we wiped out 26,000 so fighting men for another tribe and, and burned all their ta- And And we went from one act of violence to hundreds of thousands of people dead. And we've almost wiped out one of our tribes. This is bad. And moreover, we had made the vow that we're not going to let them marry. Now, now keep in mind, how much of, of Judges has been the, the yeah, we should intermarry amongst the tribes, find a good daughter from the—we've cut them off. So basically, if we're not going to let them marry with us, we're consigning them to paganism. Mm-hmm. True. Good night. What have we done? All right. Thomas, I know we're coming up on the end. Do you mind if we go a little long and finish the— uh, the, the we'll go long and finish the we're on a very extended episode full of <laughs> violence because just in the children of Israel didn't know when to stop. We don't know when to stop either. We're gonna <laughs> finish this book like they finished off the tribe of Benjamin. I've got my I've got oh, I've got my right arm out in a strong pose right now because I'm not one of those left handed Benjamin. All oh, right, all right, carry I'm on.
0: Ever so subtly switching the microphone from my left hand into my right.
1: <laughs> I'll just move this over here. All right, carry didn't on. See
0: a thing, and they said. What one is there of the tribes of Israel that did not come up to the Lord to Mitzpah? And behold, no one had come up uh, to the camp from uh, Jabesh-Gilead to the assembly. For when the people were mustered, behold, not one of the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead was there. So the congregation sent 12,000 of their bravest men there and commanded them, Go and strike the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead with the edge of the sword, also the women and the little ones. This is what you shall do. Every male and every woman who is lain with a male, you shall devote to destruction. And they found among the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead 400 young virgins who had not known a man by lying with him. And they brought them to the camp at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. Then the whole congregation sent word to the people of Benjamin who were at the rock of Ramon and uh, proclaimed peace to them. And Benjamin returned at that time. And they gave them the women whom they had saved alive, the women of Jabesh-Gilead but they were not enough for them. And the people had compassion on Benjamin because the Lord had made a breach in the tribes of Israel.
1: All right, here's our first solution. All right, we'll (laughs) find which one of our tribes didn't come and make the vow, all right? Oh, oh, who didn't come? All right, okay, here's what we'll do. We'll kill them all off except for the unwed women. Kids, male kids, just wipe them off. Too too young to marry, uh, kill them too. All the old folks, just kill them all, kill them all, kill them all. (laughs) All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then we'll ha- okay. We'll we'll have some gals who are ready to marry. Hey, there were four hundred gals who are ready to marry. Great job! We got brides for four hundred of the six hundred. Oh, good night. We're still short two hundred. Uh what are we gonna do now? Because uh, we we just killed off the the people who didn't show up. Uh, do you notice how violent they are? Yeah. This is not a well-reasonable, peaceable solution. This is just messed up. All right. All right. So so now we better have compassion because we're, st- we're still 200 short. And, of course, we can't give any of our darts because we made a vow. So let- I'm not going to break my vow. So I'm going to go kill off a – eliminate – exterminate a town. Okay. But all right. Oh, oh good night. We're still 200 short. What are we going to do, Thomas? Read on. Then the whole congregation sent word to the people of Benjamin
0: who were – I feel like I read that already. I'm doing that a lot today.
1: Yeah, yeah you did that one. <sighs> We're on to verse sixteen. The it's a little repetitive. 16, all right.
0: Then the elders of the congregation said, what shall we do for wives for those who are left since the women are destroyed out of Benjamin? And they said, there must be an inheritance for the survivors of Benjamin that a tribe not be blotted out from Israel. Yet we cannot give them wives from our daughters for the people of Israel had sworn, cursed be he who gives a wife to a Benjaminite, or, to Benjamin. So they said, Behold, there is a yearly feast of the Lord at Shiloh, which is north of Bethel, on the east of the highway that goes up from Bethel to Shechem, the south of uh, Lebona. And they commanded the people of Benjamin, saying, Go and lie in ambush in the vineyards, and watch. If the daughters of Shiloh come out to dance in the dances, then come out of the vineyards, and snatch each man his wife from the daughters of Shiloh, and go to the land of Benjamin. And when their fathers or their brothers come to complain to us, we will say to them, Grant them graciously to us, because we did not take for each man uh, of them his wife in battle. Neither did you give them to him, else you would now be guilty. And the people have been... <laughs> wow, off on a technicality, okay. right?
1: Let's just pause there. All right. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We'll have you just grab some gals who are on their way on pilgrimage to... To the temple, or okay, it's not the temple, but the tabernacle at Shiloh. So, so find some ho- gals who are going up to church and we'll grab them. And, and, and okay, technically they didn't give them God. to you, but they're just gonna let it be because I mean, you know, possession is nine mm-hmm. tenths of the law. And that way they didn't break their vow because they didn't give it to you. But I mean, eh, and then there won't be bloodshed and it'll just, all right. So, so in, in general, we'll just consort to wink, wink, nudge, nudge, let you kidnap some 200 hotties and, and then we'll go oh okay now Thomas how often have you heard if only things could be the way they were back in the old testament days I long for oh, no 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 the olden days were not good books <laughs> but- oh good night okay so so all right hmm. finish hmm. off the chapter finish finish off the book we'll be <clears throat> done with it
0: Finish it, finish and it. And the people of Benjamin did so and took their wives, according to their number, from the dancers whom they carried off. Then they went and returned to their inheritance and rebuilt the towns and lived in them. And the people of Israel departed from there at that time, every man to his tribe and family. And they went out from there, every man to his inheritance. In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes.
1: And everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Um... Some people, some scholars will debate when when actually this this stuff with the uh, the judges uh, with, uh, with the judges with the tribe of Benjamin took place because they they you have the mention of Phineas. So so if he's the son of son of Aaron, probably happened earlier on. Not not the last yeah. chronologically, but it's put at the end of the book just to be the emblem of this is how bad things can get when there is no. Focus on the word of the Lord when there is no king, when there is no order. And and this is how bad things can get. And actually, um, okay, now I just said, oh, the olden days were so bad. Uh, Thomas, uh, we we just got out of the 20th century. Were there any things that were horrific in the 20th century? No, I think everything was pretty good
0: for the most. Well, I mean, okay, there was two major world wars. The rise of communism yeah, yeah, yeah. in multiple continents leading to the deaths of millions to tens of millions. Genocides. Holocaust,
1: you've got genocides. I mean, we don't even want to bring up the Armenian genocide because I mean, that was barely over a million. So that's not. And, and does that even continue on to today? Uh, we a few yeah, Catholic Christians got short. Stuff yeah. going on. Or, or you've got stuff. You had mm-hmm. Rwanda True. recently. We've got abortion where we're killing I I mean, this is one where where we, we can be honest. This world, especially when people do not fear the Lord, when when people act in terms of what they think they can get away with becomes wildly crazy and brutal. And that's mm-hmm. the way it always has been. It's the way it was in the book of Judges, it was the way it was before the flood. It was the way it was after the flood. We live in a sinful place. And what I will say is, as Christians, this should not shock us. We should be not Pollyanna. Oh, everything will work out. No, no. We should know more than the world the depths and depravity of the sinful heart of man. And because of that, we should be all the more grateful for the great love that God has shown us. Not only in... in Oh, look how blessed we are. But in terms of he has prevented us from our own, the will of God is done and he has broken and hindered many of the evil plans that we could have gotten up to without his intervention. True. It's not that we let go and let God. No, no. God has been restraining us quite often, even in ways that we don't know. There, but for the grace of God, go Mm Ah, There I use my own happy pithy (laughs) saying that that comes up. And, and, And yet, so it's one of the things where, where, a lot of times, the great and good and gracious work of God, where where he works against sin, isn't just the forgiving of sin afterwards, which he does greatly. Thanks be to God. But also, God does break and hinder wickedness in our lives. The The word of God acts—the law of God does act as a curb to prevent us from going into folly, which is a great thing. Yeah. And it's one that we can often neglect in our lives. Sometimes we have this idea—we can talk about the three uses of the law, the curb— where, where God hinders wickedness, the the mirror where where God reveals our sin, the guide where, where we learn what is good and God-pleasing and strive after it. And sometimes we can think that as Christians, oh, we, we never deal with the first youth of the law. We've moved beyond that. No, no. Thomas, have there been times where the word of God has prevented you from doing something that would have been otherwise stupid and catastrophically bad? Oh, certainly, yeah. You read the book of Judges. And you realize there are times that God uses the law as a clue by four to stop you from doing something stupid. That is a great and wonderful gift, folks. All right? Mm-hmm. So, and of course, we see these things and we say, man, I don't want to say I'm better than them. Because you know what? This right. is precisely the type of stuff I could get up to. I, I have Swedish blood in me. I could go Viking and pillage at the drop of a hat <laughs> if given the opportunity. Uh, and yet these are all the people for whom God still plans out salvation. Even even with all the stuff going on in Israel, the plan of salvation continues on, and it continues on until Christ goes to the cross and wins salvation, gets the real victory on the third day over sin and weakness, the victory that he gives to us graciously and freely, which is an awesome thing. Any final thoughts on on the Book of Judges, man? As we put it to bed. No, I'm ready to to flip the page on that uh,
0: dark and bloody period of history. I, I okay one one maybe thought, you know what they could have done, in keeping with all the violence. Instead of you know messing with the extra two hundred women for those extra two hundred guys, they could have just killed the extra two hundred guys and been even that
1: way. But you know, I I'm sure they're happy that it worked out the way that it did. <laughs> Yeah, again again we could have come up with our own solutions. Right. Instead, you know what would be better? If we were focused upon Christ Jesus and his salvation. The 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 salvation that the Lord works. And so we will do that again. We're going to jump and we're we're going to move to the book of Acts where where okay. There's going to be plenty of wild and crazy things that go on in the book of Acts. But again, we're going to have a much more uh, a focus on the proclamation of Christ for you. So that'll be good. All right. Excellent. Ah, all right. So next time, Acts. Have a good week, all. Don't wipe out an entire tribe. Don't escalate things to where you're killing hundreds. Try not to kill hundreds of thousands of people in the next week. All right, folks? We'll know. We'll hear about it. Okay, well, it'll show up on Facebook and then we'll forget about it like a day later because that's how long the media outrage cycle lasts today. Have a good one, folks.